welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Candace Campos, along with our producer, Thomas Mates. Hello. <laughs> and Orlando's food scene has been growing and changing so fast, especially as more people are moving here to Central Florida. So for more than a decade, today's guest has been following all the happenings in the area's restaurant community with his very delicious looking food blog. And we are happy to be joined today by Ricky Lee from Tasty Chumps Orlando. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Candice and Thomas. Yes, glad to be here. Can't wait to speak about food. Yes, that's what we like to do on this podcast is talk about food. <laughs> it brings people together. And so kind of give us a little background. Um, this is not what you went to school for, though, is what I'm understanding. Yep, I'm a civil engineer by trade. So, um, but I did write for the UCF newspaper um, back in the day, um, just like restaurant reviews and things like that. And so um, after I graduated, you know, after work, I had some free time and uh, started blogging and uh, haven't stopped since. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you still do a little civil engineering on the side? Do you, or oh, are you just all yes. bumps? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Civil engineering for sure. And food blogging by night. That's what I do. <laughs> Is there any sort of like crossover between the two or? <laughs> um, I think a lot of um, engineers love food too. You know, uh, people of all backgrounds love food. So, but I don't know. I don't think there's too much, you know, uh, I'm not designing any restaurants right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just trying to think like, how do you become a, you know, how do you start something like this? Did you just fall in love with food at a young age was it something that kind of hit you while you were in school? How, how did it all start? Um, growing up, uh, my family, uh, you know, we're Vietnamese immigrants. So we had a big family and every weekend almost was some celebration around food, um, whether it was an anniversary or, or a birthday. And there would always be huge platters of, you know, um, egg rolls and noodles and things like that growing up. And my dad, he actually had a um, uh, Asian grocery store down in West Palm Beach. Uh, growing up and that was kind of a community kind of hub as well and so growing up you know I always wanted to kind of share those stories with others of, uh, of uh, about food and places that you don't hear about too much you know so that was kind of the inspiration behind it and uh, yeah I just did it you know and just kept at it and didn't stop so I definitely encourage folks you know to to, to pursue you know whatever their, their hearts desire because there's nothing to really put you in a box right so and how long before, after you started, did people start to like take notice? You know, actually it was pretty quick. Like after a couple of years, around like 2013, 2014, I was asked to write a book about the food uh, in Orlando called the Food Lover's Guide to Orlando. So that came out in 2013. Um, and then there was like all these other things that happened. Like there was like an international food blogger association that I was part of. And we went to London and things like that. So it was pretty fun. Um, past couple of years, we had a group called the Orlando Foodie Forum. I'm not sure if uh, y'all are in there, but it gets pretty uh, exciting uh, <laughs> about topics. So, um, yeah, it's it's great community. And what I mean, you've been do, you probably do stories about certain chefs and things in restaurants all the time. Is there like one story that just sticks with you? Hmm. One story hmm. of, of like going out and food blogging or yeah. Yeah. It's just one fun story that you were just like, Oh, I remember the day when, um, it was really cool. One time I popped into, uh, I think it was, uh, Luma on park at that time. Mm -hmm. 
Brandon Glamour. It was like back, way back in the day, like 2010 or something like that. And he was making some mac and cheese dish for Oprah, like the Oprah's website or something. And we're just chatting and just learning about, you know, his, his history and, and his background and his love for fishing. And it was such a great time. Um, there's just so m- many memories uh, over the years of different events and things like that. So I can't really, I mean, there was, a, oh, a couple of years ago, we had our very first ramen rumble battle at, uh, at, I think the, uh, at the Osprey Tavern. Um, how did we miss this Thomas? Yeah. <laughs> so great. We had like, uh, chef Chow from sushi pop, uh, um, and some other chefs from around town, they all had a little throwdown, and, and then we did it for the next couple of years. So it was pretty fun. And, uh, actually, uh, the Chin family who owns Sato and, um, Reyes and actually the new Monroe, um, they helped put that all on and, uh, help, you know, plan it together. It was so fun. Yeah. And that was before, you know, there was a lot of ramen places in town. So now there's a little bit more. Yeah, let us know the next time this happens because <laughs> I will be there. Yeah, our uh, our one of our past guests, uh, Chef Kevin from Sticky Rice, I believe, took part in that one year. He won one year. Yes. Yep, yeah, he did. Yeah, on the second year, he won the battle. It was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and over the years, I mean, you can imagine how much and you were even talking about how many more ramen restaurants there are now. I mean, how would you describe the evolving restaurant life here? I mean, it's been yeah. so different. I moved up here in 2003, so a special night out would be going to like Cheesecake Factory or something like that, right? but, <laughs> you know, and ob- obviously um, as trends have changed, you know, I think uh, the Food Network is a huge part of that, you know, and uh, Anthony Bourdain and all those travels and uh, YouTube too. Um, back then it would take years for trends to come to Orlando, and now it takes days, maybe minutes, you know, once a trend pops up on the internet and someone's already trying it out here, locally in central Florida. So I think that was a huge change. Um, I think uh, regional palates have changed, you know, back in the day it would be like, you know, just Chinese food, but now we've got Sichuan, you know, you got Cantonese and other areas, Japanese more now too. So uh, Laotian sticky rice. So there's so much more diversity for sure in the past 10 years, um, uh, even 15 years. So, and, and the quality you know, some of the uh, our restaurants, you know, do rival uh, those in other big cities, as, at least, you know, like Vietnamese food, for example, um, definitely a lot better here in Orlando than um, some places in New York. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, it's always evolving. Yeah. Yeah. Orlando obviously brings in so many people from outside the area. I mean, we kind of joke that like no one's from Florida. Everyone just kind of moves to Florida. Um, but, you know, we, we with so many people coming in from outside the area, are you finding that uh, most of your traffic are, are locals who are looking to find those like home wall places or those, you know, just something new they haven't tried before? Or are they the tourists coming in who are like, oh, I want to get away from the theme parks. I want some local flavor. I do hear a lot more of uh, new new people that have moved here, you know, for example, like, oh, here I'm new, I'm new in town trying to find, you know, what's the best Italian or what's the best, you know, et cetera, to, to try. Um, obviously, there's some uh, longtime, you know, uh, Orlando natives, too. And, you know, they go back to the Beef, Beefy King days and, and things like that. Linda's La Cantina, all the great hits. Um, and, uh, you know, old tourists, um, there's not too many I hear from, but uh, occasionally, uh, especially the past year, you know, a lot, lot less, but, you know, hopefully as things pick up, you know, um, a lot of folks come down for conventions and things like that. And they may have an afternoon. They're like, Hey, Ricky, where can I go for this or that, or a taste of Orlando? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. 
I mean, that taste of Orlando too continues to just expand so much. Um, so you talked a little bit about your book. So kind of give us an idea of, of what your book is all about. Um, it was uh, called The Food Lover's Guide to Orlando and basically split up the different neighborhoods, uh, as, if you will, you know, like you got their Mills 50, you got Winter Park, um, and just kind of like uh, our favorite restaurants of each. And actually a lot of them are still around, but you know, obviously it's almost 10 years now <laughs> since that book came out, but you can get it on Amazon and things like that. <laughs> are you thinking about doing an update? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. The people always ask me that, but you know, uh, my blog is pretty much the update. I've got like a newsletter that goes out every week. And you know, if, if you don't, miss, if you miss a blog, then you can check your email and you'll see what's happening. And, and the, the foodie form is another one. So. <laughs> Obviously, you know, you've been, you've been working in, in the food scene in the Orlando area for, for so long. I'm sure you have a lot of connections to, you know, all the various chefs and, and restaurants and everything like that. And, and, you know, you mentioned with the pandemic that, you know, like things, things were tough uh, in the past year, you know, like what's, what's some of the perspective or what, what's some of the stories you've been hearing of people as they, from the restaurant scene, as they've been, you know, struggling and muddling their way through this. Um, you know, uh, during the pandemic, for sure, you know, there's a lot of uncertainties with the lockdowns and, you know, closing or, you know, closing the dining room and, you know, going to go only. So a lot of folks had to pivot. And thankfully, uh, from what I've heard, you know, a lot of folks were able to successfully um, move in that direction to take out. But right now, I feel that there, there does seem to be um, difficulty to to pivot back, you know, to dining and stuff and as as many uh, workers in the service industry may have already left, you know, to other, other fields, you know, um, that were hiring during that time. So there's definitely a labor shortage going on and um, people are trying to figure that out. So. Um, when you talk about different restaurants and things like that, you were talking about how there's all these different scenes, there's different little pockets. Is there any new little pockets? Cause you know, we talk about Mills, we talk about Winter Park. Are there any new kind of unexpected pop-ups of little restaurants that someone who may be, you know, so used to the same spots over and over again, although they are good, are there some places that we can be maybe on the lookout that there might be some stuff going on there? I do know that there's more and more um, food halls. You know, that's a big trend right now. Oh, in yeah. Park, there's going to be a new one. Um, in Oviedo, there'll be a new one. Um, and Sanford, uh, downtown Sanford, there's a Henry's Depot down there. So there, there's like kind of a, a evolution going on with more food halls and, and things like that that I'm seeing. Um, out in West, Western Orlando, of course, the Plant Street Market. And there's another one, I forget the name of it, but- uh, So for somebody who doesn't know what that is, can you explain to us what that- what that Food Hall be? is like basically like a building where there's multiple different restaurants. I think the first one was like East End Market. Mm -hmm. where, like, but you know, you got Domu there, you got Gideon's Cookies, um, different slew, and it's almost like an incubator for new concepts too. Um, and speaking of new concepts, yeah, during the pandemic, of course, there's been a lot more ghost kitchens uh, where folks are just delivery only. Um, and down on Conroy and I think Curry 4, there's a place called Collab Kitchens where you can get to go and things like that, where it's almost an, like an incubator before they like open up a brick and mortar restaurant where they test out their ideas. Like there's like a Korean lunchbox to go place and um, Singapore style chicken. Um, and off in the west side of town, there's a there's a Dolan's food hall and uh, White Castle's there and a bunch of other places too. But it's it's amazing, yeah. It's quite interesting. You know? But we'll see how it goes, you know, with rent and everything like that, if uh, it makes sense. So. 
what do you think is the attractiveness of the food hall concept? Like, you know, it was food truck, food trucks, pop-ups were, oh, yeah. have become more popular. So like why food halls now? Why is that the, the, the next step? People it's want everything. I'm just kidding. What's that? <laughs> I said people yeah, want yeah. everything. Oh, hell, yeah. I mean, you're in, we're in Central Florida, right? And uh, summers are brutal. You know, rain. Uh, well, if you have a food truck, you know, how are you going to stand in the rain to to order your food, right? Uh, so, yeah, definitely covered uh, area and, and air conditioning are two pluses um, from that. Um, you know, can you believe it's almost been 10 years since the first, you know, gourmet food truck was on the scene here in Orlando? It's crazy. Yeah, time is flying by, and obviously this might be like a you know evolution of that. Um, and obviously, it's attractive because it's a little less overhead than opening a full uh, restaurant, supposedly. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Food trucks always like bothered me because I was like, I just want to sit on the heat, and by the time I pick something, then my husband wants to, is in line for someplace else, and then we're standing there over like a half of a table trying to eat. So this cut had a little more of a restaurant feel without it having to be, like you said, owning a whole restaurant. Exactly. And you got the choices too, you know, let's say your husband wants something and your kids want another. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, uh, what's, what are some of your favorite spots around town? What do you, what do you, some things maybe that are a little more hole in the wall that you think people overlook? Hmm. Overlook. All right. Let's see. It's like we're quizzing him, Thomas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a really good place, you know, uh, Kai Asian on uh, in Castleberry. Um, Kai Asian rings down. Uh, wings and garlic noodles. Um, they've got this changing menu of noodles that always, you know, are always so good. I always ask them when they're um, uh, seafood fun noodles are back on because they always take it out um but their wings are really good um and i think they're expanding in the future too to the new Oviedo food hall place so we'll see how it goes um another one on mills tori tori um it's a japanese gastropub very nice uh for those 21 and up uh it is a bar area i'm not sure i think you can dine in if you're under but you know it's more of a bar place but there's really good food like crab fried rice and all these chicken skewers and things like that and it's owned by the folks who um, created domu uh the ramen place so um other hole in the wall kind of places and little nooks and crannies um uh, let's see west orlando there's a lot of new pop-ups coming up um hmm. he's like strategizing in his head while he's thinking this he's going this dish is good but this thing is here yeah yeah all depends on what you like you know there's some really good italian places tornatories in college park um they've got like they make their own pastas there so they got a chef that used to work at k's restaurant um in college park there too um just so many great places uh in orlando nowadays we're lucky you know so hopefully keep it up yeah. yeah. Do you feel like there might be the new resurgence, like resurgence of like new places just because everything was so everything kind of think places that maybe were barely surviving, obviously didn't survive 2020. Do you feel like there was kind of like this new space and this new kind of, you know, kind of clean slate for some and, and like a resurgence of others? Oh yeah. You all heard the stories of like um, those uh, Disney chefs who were, you know, uh, furloughed, uh, 
the pandemic and started their own bakery and, and doing well. And some people are just sticking to it and doing it for the future. So there a lot of folks starting out on their own and, and testing the waters there. Um, there's a guy, I'm not sure if you heard of him, Brad's underground pizza. He's uh, mm-hmm. Instagram and he's doing this Chicago style, uh, deep dish pizza. And, uh, and he was very popular online uh, during the pandemic. And actually he just got a uh, announcement that he's going to be having a, uh, spot at the collab kitchen area in Curry four. And so he'll have a physical location now, uh, in the future. So it's almost like, you know, you go from Instagram only to, you know, having a semi brick and mortar place and, you know, few full restaurant in the future. So we'll see. I've been trying to get a hold of Brad. I, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've messaged him on uh, Instagram. I've messaged him through his website that's now up now. And the email. Hey, hook us up. up. Radio. If you know Brad, you can send him my way. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Especially since he's uh, going to be opening up the place now. So definitely probably be. Yeah, right. Brad, if you're listening. Less underground. Above ground pizza. Above ground. Come above ground. And I would love to, like, I mean, I feel like nowadays, too, with all these new restaurants and things like that, just kind of seeing the chefs because a lot of people are now supporting the local. You know, like you were talking about before, 10 years ago, everything was all about, you know, the cheesecake factories and listen, no, no, not to poo poo cheesecake factory, but there is something about supporting someone here in central Florida and supporting. Um, so I I feel like also getting to know and learn more about, you know, through your blog as well, learning more about chefs and the people who work behind the scenes, I feel makes you feel you fall in love even more with the food because you're, you're starting to know who made it. Ah, speaking of somewhere new, have you ever heard of Alum at the Marriott at Bonnet Creek? Alum, no, but I'm writing on yeah, it now. It's a new new hotel actually over uh, by Bonnet Creek Resort by Disney Springs, and they opened July of 2020. So you can imagine uh, this oh, is a fear for them. But uh, they just opened a rooftop restaurant, um, beautiful views. You know, once the fireworks start up again, if they haven't already, you can see you know right there. Um, great cocktails and great, um, there's like sushi and, and some other small side dishes, but you know, you go for the beast kind of thing. Uh, on the first floor, there's a place called Sear and Sea, um, which is like, you know, more fine dining kind of place. But hey, speaking of fine dining, Magical Dining Month is coming up. Uh, and right now, if you're listening to this in June, July, uh, Bite 30 is going on. So quite a few ways to try places on a, on a budget. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, is there one that you're really looking forward to? Um, actually, they haven't announced yet what's going to be on that. Do you know of any? <laughs> I don't know if they know. On site? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll find out. Yeah. But, you know, your typical places, you know, that 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 are usually on there is pretty mm-hmm. good. Kabuki uh, is on there on the by 30. So definitely check that one out. Uh, chef um, Henry Mosa was uh, nominated for rising chef of the year uh, by spirit award last year. So that's quite an honor uh, for Central Florida and uh, always good to support. Yeah. So what's next? What's next for, for Tasty Chomps? What's next? Well, hopefully uh, once we, uh, you know, get, get things handled with the pandemic, you know, maybe we'll have some more in-person events, you know, who knows, maybe we'll have a night market festival. We'll see um things like that so uh, always looking for you know new 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 flavors and, and things like that uh in in our area so we'll see maybe a night market mm-hmm. fantastic and, and uh we're sorry go on 
No, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, so where 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 can everyone find you? You know, obviously tastychomps.com uh, and you know, give us all your social media and everything. Uh, Instagram at Tasty Chomps, uh, Facebook, Twitter, same thing. And a uh, little bit on TikTok, but not really too much yet. You know, it's uh, that's, for these, that's for those young kids. Man, I'm, yeah, I'm seriously. On, yeah, so I don't understand half the lingo nowadays. Definitely, I am old. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. And not to, not to end on the downer, but if you have to have your last meal, you had to pick one from Central Florida. Last meal. Because, that's a big. I always ask the chef, "What's your favorite? What's your favorite item on the menu?" But you have everybody's menu, so if there's one meal, they, I, I told you, this is going to be your last meal. Candace has condemned you to death. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. I do love. All right, it was last meal. I gotta go big, right? Bull and bear. Um, they've got very fantastic dish called the pasta explosion, little ravioli stuff with a uh, little cheese and prosciutto. Um, and, uh, they've got really great lamb there. So, so much great dishes. I don't know what they do over there, but it's so good. And I think magical <laughs> line, line up, like, yeah, like make reservations two months ahead. So, wow. so <laughs> during the, you know, pandemic. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for talking with us. I know you guys, you're very busy. You have a lot of things you're juggling around with, but as soon as you guys start opening up and doing more events, just let us know. We'd love to kind of cover it and follow along because I mean, like you said, every year it's a, it's a new scene that there's a new wave, there's a new something. So. Yes. And thank you for all you do to shine a light um, out here. So any ideas, you know, coming out, I'll definitely send them your way. So. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Ricky Lee from Tasty Chomps. You can find more from Tasty Chomps at tastychomps.com and by searching Tasty Chomps on Facebook and Instagram. You can find Candace Campos on social media as well. She's on Twitter. Just search at Candace News 6 and on Facebook, search Candace Campos News 6. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley. On the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Florida Foodie is available to download wherever you get your podcasts. Please take the time to rate and review us as well. You can find videos of all of our podcasts at clickorlando.com slash podcasts. And to keep up to date with all the latest foodie news, head to clickorlando.com slash Florida Foodie.